Hi, I am Coach Emilio. Welcome to the Escuela del Sur. If you are a sports coach, do you want to find more freedom in your decisions and opportunities and find solutions in the day-to-day -day work of your profession? This podcast is for you. I will tell you from my experience as a coach in Dubai and interviews with coaches around the world, the habits, techniques, valuable background, and tools that can guide you and give you more results with less effort. I invite you to give your coaching career more possibilities and confidence in the competitive world of sport. Listen to our episode to get ideas to optimize your professional profile with continuous improvement. So, you can get more results, improving your quality of life along with your profession and your passion. We start. Uh, on, on a high level, but having said that, there was that, but then there was a lot of fun having the gym, you know, we used to joke around a lot, we, we still had a lot of fun. So, um, so that's what I would say, one of the things is that, you know, I, For my smart self, the um, fun is very important. One of, one of the other things that I've, uh, I've also managed was to make sure that uh, there was persistency. So, you know, if I look back and I looked at the other clubs in South Africa, and there were a lot of gymnasts that were very good, that were probably better than my gymnasts, but, but they never stuck around. They never, and, and maybe that was because they didn't have as much fun. Because it was more and more instructive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying so your experience. That could, yeah, that could be the reason, you know. Uh, if you keep it fun, the guy's going to stick around. If you, you know, if you, if you stick around long enough and you keep working hard, you can achieve success. And that's it. But if you give up, you're never going to achieve anything. So that was sort of the difference, you know. A lot of a lot of the guys that I saw were brilliant gymnasts, worked hard, but probably didn't have a lot, a lot of fun and, and burnt out, yeah, and got injured or whatever it was, and, and you never saw them again, you know. And these were guys that could have been really good gymnasts, like, but they never stuck around. So, you know, there's no point to working so hard and not maintaining long-term. For me, maintaining long-term was more important. Your consistency. Yeah. Wow. My goodness. You can explain one example of fun when one junior was in your class. Please, one, one, give us one. <laughs> Because you tell me one of the guy now is in Italy, if you can mention, please. <laughs> gymnast. You know who this gymnast Oh, Okay, we will prepare the audience about it. <laughs> And we need the context. I remember one of my gymnasts were learning catch up on Harbour. Yeah. And uh, he was uh, a guy that just loved gymnastics. And, you know, my, my group was a, a, had a bit of a mix of guys that just loved doing gymnastics and just did it for fun. And the guys were also quite competitive. And, you know, as we started learning skills, some of the guys were doing were having fun also decided, you know, they wanted to try and learn new skills. So, and I'll never forget, caught the, You know, we tried, we did all the drills and all the necessary build up preparation and we had to do for the, for the catch up. And eventually it was right, okay, go, you've got to try it on your own. He, 
He threw a catch and he caught it. And he jumped off the bar and he ran around the gym about three or four times. <laughs> that was the best thing ever. <laughs> so, yeah, there were, there were a few occasions. And we had a lot of social activities. You know, we had uh, barbecues. We always, With the um, senior team. The senior team, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we used, to, we used to have a lot of fun, a lot of barbecues. You know, lots, lots of South African years. Yeah, a lot of kids together. Yeah. <laughs> South African bride, you know. Yeah, so, I want to try that. Huh? Yeah, I want to try a steak, South African steak. Yeah, South African steak and South African bride. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of that that we used to do. And in the gym, we used to have a lot of fun, a lot of banter you know, between the guys. Games, jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of games, a lot of jokes. So it was, you know, we had some, we had some very interesting times. Talking about judges, what is the profession of being a judge? What was for you being a judge on international level? How was this experience? Uh, judging? I love judging. I really did. I'm, I'm really thoroughly enjoyed judging. Um, it was something that, uh, you know, if I think about how I started off, and, and for me, maybe, maybe as a coach helped, because I could identify things very easily. You know, you can identify angles and Shapes of the of the boys, and you know, um, recognize the region of some. Yeah, yeah, you're, it's easier to recognize big hips, big knees. You know, you're coaching all the time, you're seeing it all the time. You know, so, um, so I got I, I got quite good at it, and then uh, I did an inter international course in South Africa. I came first in that, and then. Uh, And then I got an invitation to go to this continental course in Leipzig and in Germany. In Germany, and I got my category one. I was quite chuffed about that. And yeah, and then that, that was where it sort of took off, you know. And then I ended up going to World Student Games and uh, Commonwealth Games, World Championships, African Games. It was, it was such good fun. You know, I was you travel a lot. I traveled a lot. And like I said, you know, the one problem with travel is always taken away from your family. Um, but they were good experiences, and um, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the uh, uh, what do you call it? the challenge, the challenge of judging, especially the the, uh, the difficulty jury. Um, I used to really enjoy that. I was quite good at recognizing the moves, and you know. Whether you give value for this or give value for that. And, you know, like I said, you, you know, back in the, nowadays, you've got, uh, I, I presume you've got apps and all other sorts of ways of learning and coded points. But in those days, they used to cut out each single element and write, write the value on the back. And they used to go through all of the apparatus, four pommel rings, bolts, the six elements, and however, and used to go through every single element. Have a look at the picture, try and decide what it was, turn it over and check if I was right. And I did that over and over and over and over again. Um, and that was my first way of, of studying the code of points. So, you know, and, and I did that for hours. And not only that, judging videos, judging, um, going through routines over and over and over and over again. You know? And so it was... I enjoyed it, but it became a little bit of a passion of mine, you know, to, to be able to watch a routine and be able to recognize. Yeah, and not only recognize, but able to write the whole, scrub the whole routine 
as everything, you know, you had your shorthand. There's that language of yeah, and you can describe it all down, and you can look at your piece of paper afterwards, and you know exactly what the guy did. You know when he made his mistakes, and that was it. Was an, I think maybe because it was so challenging to, to do, that was why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, and it was it was really good. I enjoyed my judging times. And what was the more uh, amazing apparatus you like to judge? Why you enjoy it so much? What I like to judge the most. Uh, Probably horizontal ball, actually. Yeah. Probably horizontal ball. Oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> no, it's a gymnast I didn't like it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, like you let me take it, you're you know, you looking at the table. <laughs> you can get quite a fright judging horizontal ball, so I remember. There was a Canadian gymnast, Carl Schufelty, and the Commonwealth Games I was, I was judging, and he was uh, winding up for his dismount, and, his, and he slipped off the ball. So anyway, but all the judges that were sitting there got up off their chairs, and, and now you've got to remember, you've got to carry on judging. You know, and you, you get such a fright that you jump up and almost forget if you, you have to judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful of the gym. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone else is supposed to take care of the gym, it's not you as the judge, you know, so, uh, yeah, you can get some... It's like a brother until you judge, huh? Yes, it is. It's like a brother. Very much Because so. every different country takes it down yeah. and planning and... I don't know, I, I, this is what I was to ask you before, how's the journey of the judge? Because I think you take a coffee, everyone together, you prepare the for training, you're looking around, and then, so how is the journey of the judge? Uh, yeah, I remember going to, um, uh, to the Commonwealth Games in Australia, and we arrived at the hotel, obviously coming from South Africa, a long way to go, made to check jet lag, And we arrived at the hotel, and everyone was there. And you haven't, you know, you haven't seen these guys in, in a while. You know, you heard these, all the guys will get together, and all the banter starts, and the drinks come out, typical <laughs> <laughs> beer starts, and then the whiskey. And and, um, and that evening, funny enough, there was a, there was a South African rugby game on, and, and you're not tired, you know, because you're so jet-lagged, you're wide awake. So watch the rugby game. And, I must have finished quite late, I don't remember what time. But tomorrow and the next day you must be fresh. Sure enough, uh, uh, the next day we had a judges meeting. <laughs> and needless to say, I woke up late and I missed the shuttle bus and I was late for the meeting. So I had to apologize to Heidi, he was, he was uh, the director of judges for the Commonwealth back in those days. And, no excuses. Yeah, he was in the I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> You know, just the jet lag and you know, my, the, my bad. You know, alarm didn't wake me up. Yeah, so that's just, it's good fun, you know, to go and see the guys every so often. You know, it's not, not very often. Mm -hmm. You see them at the events and you reminisce and you know, catch up, have a few beers, play a round of golf, you know. So it was good fun, man. Great. Great. Mr. Embrys, this question maybe is something regardless about new generation of coaches. The question is, what is the challenge for the new coaches? What you can see is about gymnastics, not only for coaches, but also for gymnasts. What is the challenge of our community on the in the present and on the future? I, I think the biggest challenge is that the sport is getting harder. Like most sports are getting harder. The difficulty. The difficulty, yeah. But the... the Um, 
people are getting softer. If that makes sense. You know, to if but then having said that, you know, do you need do you need to be as hard and as stringent as they used to be back in the days, no? Is there another way of achieving the same result? Uh, which there seems to be. But I don't know, maybe there hasn't been enough time yet to see if there is or isn't. Um, you obviously, uh, I'm presuming now uh, that most of the success for gymnasts is achieved via a gymnast passion for wanting to, for wanting it, as opposed to uh, work hard and you'll get there. You know, it's, that, that's more what it used to be like. Is that you know, keep working hard, keep bashing out. You know, keep, doing the conditioning, doing the drills, doing the skills, doing the routines, um, and you'll get it. You know, now I, I look at training, um, and the kids seem to be having a lot more fun when they're training, which is good in a sense, really good in a sense, but they have to have a lot of self-motivation, which sometimes is very difficult. So you get a very select few that can, that can uh, achieve that higher standard. But from the inner fire, because in the motivation, yes. while you are in the club, the inner fire, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. university is living around of you when you are 17, yeah. 18 years old. What I will do in my life? Yeah. I will continue with gymnastics, or I will be an engineer. And it's not, not only that, you know, it's, it's, it's school, it's the opposite sex, you know, the girls stop looking at the boys, the boys stop looking at the girls, you know, and it's like hormones. Yeah, yeah all those hormones suddenly grow. You know, they hit that uh, peak height velocity, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. That's possibly why you find a lot of introverts in gymnastics. You know, because you you do you have to be very self focused. The single sport. Yeah. Okay, you play like a team. You play like a team. Yeah. Yeah, but you jump on board. No, you still you still compete in the gymnastics. And even training, you know, like you say, I, mean, I had a great team of guys who trained here, but the physical training that you do is, is for yourself, it's not for anyone else. Yeah, you know, you know the, the number of pull-ups you do is not going to affect what someone else can do. Yeah? So it is very, you have to be very sort of self-centered or you know, self-motivated to be able to, to be a gymnast, be a great gymnast nowadays. And it's, it, must, it must be very difficult for the guys because it's not easy anymore. It's really, really, it's a high level skill, isn't it? But what about, for example, now the medicine, sport medicine, now the psychologists, nutritionists, now all the regulations for, for example, UK, they start to train coaches about uh, respect the gymnasts. Yeah. Brazil also, there are a lot of news now in Australia. They say, okay, we need to make a change. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel, from my opinion, like a young coach, we start to make a change on the world about the gymnastic football. I mean, we, we must be care of the kids, because they are kids. It's not like football players. Football players, yeah. they are 20, 19, 20 years old, but they start juniors, but later they are professional. But gymnastics, sometimes they are young, they are minors, and, and you, you need to talk with parents, you need to talk with the family. It's not it's package. Yeah. It's not one person. Yeah, that's right, you know, it's, it's, um, and that's why I say it's, it's, it's perhaps becoming more difficult because, you know, for a 
kid to be, I don't know, 10, 12 years old and know what they want to do, know that they want to be a world champion. Because at that stage, it's when you have to start to know. You have to start to... You want to go for a fight or you want to take serious? Of course, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, someone that young, can they decide that? It's difficult. It's very difficult, yeah. And that's why I say, you know, normally that type of person that's very self-centered and very self-motivated, you do get those type of people. And they are possibly the ones that are going to succeed in the future of sport, especially in sport like gymnastics, because uh, you can't have that, you know, the, the stick behind them all the time. We've we've seen in the past. You lost your genius from the club. Yeah, yeah. It's not the philosophy we're looking for. No, no, this is the thing. You know, so the philosophy is changing in the whole sport, not just in, you know, just by certain superficial yeah, actions. Yeah, yeah. It's more deep. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Embrace, what is your advice to the gymnast? I am a, I am a young gymnast. I don't know how you live in uh, Zimbabwe, for example. We have a one question. Yeah. What is your advice to him? If he wants to reach high performance level or he wants to take seriously gymnastics, what is your advice? Work hard. Work hard and never give up. Those are the two things I could say. Every gymnast, every coach, I would I would say, I've done it. Yeah, I would say that every coach, every gymnast knows what needs to be done. Because there are enough books out there, you can copy anything. You can never, sorry, never mind books nowadays. I'm thinking yeah, old school nowadays. There's enough knowledge, there's enough stuff on YouTube, there's enough stuff on Instagram. Wherever you want to look, there are training videos, there are people telling you how to do something to be good, to be successful. So it's not like you need to be a rocket scientist to figure out what you have to do, it's just that you have to do it. So you, most people know what they have to do. It's whether they do it or not that makes the difference. And once you decide to do it, you've got to do it consistently. And you've got to, you've got to be persistent because success doesn't come overnight. And unfortunately, you know, in the new age, uh, the instant gratification, you know, everyone wants some wants success immediately. It just it's not unrealistic. So, you know, I would say again, work hard and don't give up. Those are the two things you know what to do. Go and do it. And don't give up. Keep doing it until you can do it. If you can do that, you can be successful. Probably you would have yourself. Of course you will. Yeah, of course you will. Uh, yeah, the, the biggest thing that I saw throughout my many years of coaching is that, you know, the work ethic, the work ethic's not good enough. Nobody look at you when you do something, even for your own. Yes. The work ethic is not good enough, you're not going to succeed. And if you're not in it in the end, you're not in it, you can't win it. So, those are the two things. So. What about coaches? What is your advice when they need to look forward from your experience for improve their career like a coach? What do you think is advice? Coaches, I think, is very different um, because you're going to decide what kind of coach you want to be. This is the first question. Yeah. So you've got to decide what kind of coach you want to be. So if you want to be a coach that makes lots of money, 
Or you don't know high performance. <laughs> professional. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, we know most countries around the world to be a, a, a coach of high-level gymnasts, the remuneration is not there. You know? So it's very difficult. Only your own club as a coach and doing recreational gymnastics, so it's very rewarding financially. Um, so, you know, you've, you have to decide what you want to do as a coach. That's the first thing. Once you've made that decision, well, then again, stick with what you've made and move on the decision you've made and, and work hard with it. You know, if you want to be a high-level coach, do your research. Do you, you know, know what you want to do. And then, as a high-level coach, have patience. Because it takes a long time, you know. And, and some people take longer than others. If you don't have the patience, you see one, one kid learn a skill quicker than another kid, and then you think that other kid's never going to achieve it. That's rubbish. I mean, I've seen kids learn a skill quickly, and they just stop. And then later they get stuck on it, and then they, they regress, and then they have to go back and do it again. And then you find someone that takes a little bit longer to learn that same skill, but once they've learned it, it's set in stone, and they can do it all the time. So, you know, the ones sort of, they sort of level out with each other. So, yeah, it's just, you know, you don't, there's not one way, you know, there's not, there's a lot, a lot of ways to get there. All the, all the pathway arrived in the wrong. So, exactly. is it in English? Yeah, <laughs> so, I translate from Spanish. All paths lead to Rome, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's it, you know, you've just got to, Gotta keep working, keep working hard and, and have patience. Patience is one of Patience is very important, coaches. Very important. Look, I wanna tell you thank you for your time, for your valuable time, because I know your time is not it's not too much. Everyone had to me for hours, but your time yeah, I know it's valuable. Uh, I have a lot of fun in this conversation because Probably we have this conversation without cameras and without recording, and I learned yeah. so much from you. I learned a lot, and I still learn. I still learning, and now in this interview, I still learn because you mentioned something I never heard three years. Yeah, and you mentioned now because we're talking about your career like a coach, and I promise you, uh, for me, I'm so glad for work with you. I, I, I'm so happy, and I don't know what to say, but I, I feel a lot blessed for work with you because I. Learn a lot, and I bring maybe probably my coaching career who is adapting all the time. I will I will bring some of your I'm sure your point of view. Yeah, <laughs> we train together. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> every single day we work hard. And yes, uh, guys, now we will finish this recording. Um, yes, first, thank you so much, Stina. Thank you, Mina. A pleasure. And pleasure so Anything about this incredible coach you can ask in social media if you have a special question. I probably probably he will make time if he send an email. <laughs> he will answer you and you can hear this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, yes, um, I'm so happy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good. See you next Thank you. Bye bye. And well, the episode has come to an amazing end. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you next time on the podcast for Coaches of the World, Escuela del Sur. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a 5-star rating and check out all the episodes available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, LinkedIn and YouTube as Escuela del Sur.
See you next time.